Welcome to the Break New Ground podcast. My name is Luis Prado, aka Beboil Prod, and today we've got we've got an amazing episode coming in. We've got a big guest, probably the most famous guest we've had here. This is Mr. Worldwide, the man, the myth, the legend. We've got Cross One in the building. What's good, Cross? Welcome to the podcast, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Nah, dude, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for making time out of your busy schedule, dude. <laughs> it's for not, real. It's not that busy. Um, <laughs> stop playing. This is um. It was a big deal because, like I was mentioning to you before we started yeah. recording, I had planned to have, have pro- cross one on the podcast since, like, I started the podcast, like, right. 17 episodes ago, about a year ago. And um, the reason why I didn't ask him sooner was because I was like, damn, we need to have a resume. <laughs> I need to have, like, other guests. I need to build up my credibility. But we're here, episode 17. We got cross one. This is a big one. Right. So, cross one is an ambassador for hip-hop. He is a DJ. He's a promoter. I mean, what don't you do, dude? You got <laughs> you got so many titles under your name. It's kind of well, crazy. It's, it's hard to like when people ask you what you do. Like, right? It's hard to like. Whatever I say, <laughs> I'm a businessman. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, nah, but like, yeah, it's just kind of. I just say hip hop ambassador, just because it's like that's what I do. That's just my thing, you know. Like I'm going all over the world and promoting hip hop and. Whether it be DJing, whether it be with the clothing, whether it be with the events, you know? So I'm always around it, and that's what it is. I mean, I think you need to start rapping at this point. You just need to add another title under your name. Um, but, like I said before, Cross One, is he's a big deal. He, he's carried the breaking scene in many aspects, and he's been a part of some really crazy projects that have furthered the scene. Really? Um, I mean, Freestyle Session off tops has got to be the major one. But you're also a part of UDEF, huh? Yeah, I'm a, I actually co-founded it. Oh, for yeah, real? Yeah, yeah. So Steve is the other half? Steve Graham? Yeah. yeah Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's still going on right now? Yep. All right. I'm the, I'm the president now. Oh. Or chairman. Oh, shoot. President, chairman. Yeah. All right. All right. We got to, <laughs> we, we're going to get into that. But um, everybody gets the first question. It's always the same and right. you're no different. Yeah. So who is Cross One and how do you describe what you do as a hip hop ambassador, as an artist? The list goes on. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, my name's Cross One. Uh, born and raised in San Diego. Um, DJ, promoter, mainly, now. Um, was a b-boy before. I mean, I guess once you're a b-boy, you're always a b-boy. That's true. Good point. Um, I could probably still throw down, but, you know, I always get hurt, so it's like kind of like <laughs> I got to curb myself on that one. Uh, I used to write graffiti, or I, I used to write, you know, so yeah. like... Yeah. Damn, bro, bomb, you've covered, all, like... Bomb All City, like, got into piecing a little bit, and that's it, yeah. You've covered, like, three of the four major hip-hop groups, huh? I'm serious. You yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would love to rap, but, you know, like, I guess hosting is my MC element. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and really, I just MC just to, like, keep the flow of the events going, so I was never really, like, one to be, like, try, or try, I was never one to try to be, like, that entertaining MC, you know, like the mean? one that makes jokes on the mic. Yeah, well, I, I would make jokes, but I'm so, just, I'm just not like. My thing is like to stay on time. Right. That's what. That's why I actually did it is because every time I have an MC, they just kind of like ramble on. It's like, yo, when are we gonna start? Like, you know, and everybody's looking at me like, yo, what's up? And it's like, <laughs> you know, I want to be that dude. It's like, start. Right, dude. Everybody <laughs> complains about b boy time and like how b boys show up late to jams, but then promoters run jams late. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a chain reaction, dude. For real. <laughs> Well, like I said before, Cross One is someone that I wanted to have on the podcast just because he's he's carried so much history and he's contributed mm-hmm. to a big part of the reason why breaking is as big as it is today. 
and uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but you, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, what has the hip-hop journey been like for you? Uh, from where you started, I don't know how that came to be, but <laughs> to where you are now. Uh, well, the way I started is uh, pretty much jacked my homie for like a Run DMC tape <laughs> and just kind of fell in love with everything, you know what I mean? Like the, the lyrics, like I, I swear I, I probably rewound and turned over the tape a million times with Run DMC to the point where I knew all the lyrics to everything. And then from there, it was kind of like, where do I find stuff like this? Right. You know, so I had like an older mentor homie because I used to do judo when I was a kid. So like after I got the Run DMC tape, like he seen that I, I was like loving like hip hop stuff. So he would he used to work at Warehouse Records, which is like, I don't know, this, this like predates a lot of things <laughs> like some Sam Goody, like oh, Tower Records. Like, he used to, he used to work at like he used to work at Warehouse Records, which is like the big like mall. A store for for albums and cassette tapes and stuff so he would always bring me like an album mm -hmm. so i would always have something to play on a record player so he started with like he kind of like shaped like the way i even know music like he brought like hip-hop stuff so it started with like of course i had run dmc then he went to like the fat boys Ooh. like all the roxanne roxanne like uh, <laughs> battles like yeah, so yeah. if you ever watch roxanne and shantae the movie uh -huh. like all those battles like i was getting those those albums as they were coming out so like it was kind of like a story like oh they're battling like what it's like you know like the whole battle culture was like straight from like albums and then like break in and then you know what i mean so it built so yeah so like after the run dmc tape like not, not even a couple months later like i started i found breaking too so i started doing breaking like started breaking like 84 and like quickly like a year a year and a half after it was already like dead and gone like right. it like basically came and went you know what I mean? yeah like, the movies came out you know and it was yeah, like a it big was, culture like i mean it was huge man like I, I i could i could only like i could only compare it to like you know how big the job walkies got yeah like that was like a blip of what breaking actually was back in the day damn so like every kid in america like used to break so if i'm assuming that like if you if you're like in your 20s now like your parents used to break, you know, or they knew about breaking or they right. had a friend that used to break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, that's how big it was. You know what I mean? Like it was in the like Olympics, like opening show in 84, like it was at the presidential inauguration. Like it was huge. Like it was everywhere. You know what I mean? Then it just came and went. It just died out like it that. It just kind of like died out. Like this kind of like the commercialism of it. Right. They blew it up. Like, like they're selling like cardboard and freaking Kmart's and like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then it just Kmart. It kind of went, oh, <laughs> you know? And then, uh, and then, yeah, from there, like all my homies, like most of them like became like game bangers. And then like, cause I grew up in Paradise Hill. So like Matt, oh, a shit. lot of them, a lot of them uh, turned game bangers or, and then a, like a small percentage, like turn into writers. Interesting. So doing, doing like, you know, like tagging and stuff. Right. Right. So, Wait, you're I from was Paradise like, Hills? Yeah. Dude, I'm from Paradise Hills. Oh, That's saying. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I lived uh, right behind the post office on Rio Drive. Oh. Like, the house right behind it. That was my house. Damn. I lived down, yeah. like, Altaview. Right. Around that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to Paradise Hills Elementary, and then I went to Bell for a little bit. Damn. Yeah, so. You avoided Morse? Yep. Because <laughs> I, I moved to Spring Valley in, in 10th grade. Okay. So in 9th grade, I, I was going to Bell, but I was uh, wrestling at, at Morse. Ah. Uh, I, oh, I was the starter at, at Morse in my 9th grade year, so, like... Yeah, yeah, the so, wrestler too. Yeah, I was yeah a wrestler. you got a long ass resume. <laughs> yeah, <bro. laughs> that's why I know so many people. Like I know people in like all different realms. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So like yeah. So in between like 
writing and, and, and breaking, like there was a couple of year gap there. So I was doing sports, like I was doing judo. I got a black belt in judo. I, I was like a couple time national champion there. Uh, I'll play baseball, like all-star in baseball. Damn. I wanted to play football, but moms wouldn't let me. <laughs> I was hella small anyway. And then, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, and then going to high school, I started wrestling. And then I was like, uh, yeah, four years varsity for wrestling. I mean, I was always like top two. Damn. Like, so you, so you've got like yeah. a long list. You've done you've done a lot of stuff, which yeah. is crazy because like a lot of people don't diversify like that. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was crazy because all those things kind of tie back into breaking. So like, so wrestling, uh, uh, wrestling and and judo, you know how they have the tournament bracket system. Yeah. So like, and seating for wrestling. Right. So like, That's true. So so I wrestled in high school and in college. Like, so I went to college at uh, Palomar. Okay. So they have a wrestling program. So I. I I was an all-American there uh, wrestling, but I did two years there. And then after I was done, um, when I started doing breaking events, I used the tournament thing because like a lot of jams back in the day, like nobody knew how to really operate them. So like you'd have three-way battles because people uh, didn't really make a bracket. Those are the worst. And I was always like, dude, why are we having a three-way battle? This is stupid. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> all you gotta do is make a freaking a bracket. Yeah. Like, no. So like <laughs> it sounds so simple. It's yeah. crazy that they didn't come up with that. Yeah. So. I kind of I did that like right away um, at freestyle session one. I mean, we had like an eight man bracket, like you know. Ooh. Actually, there was there was it was supposed to be eight 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 crew bracket, but one crew entered twice because we only had seven crews. Damn! So someone had a second chance. Yeah. Who was it? Do you <laughs> it remember? was uh, Higher Dimensions from North County. Higher, that's the name <laughs> I haven't heard in a fat yeah, minute, dude. Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout yeah. out to Higher Dimension. I don't know what they're doing right now, but. Out it's here, been a minute. Riz, Riz, that's Riz's crew, right? Riz, yeah. Riz, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah. So and then, you haven't mentioned yeah. the armory yet. That's way later. That's way later. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, let's let's start off with the the things that uh, people might not know. Yeah. So let's start off with uh, the armory. What is the armory? Give people the history. Well, the armory was uh, it it was initially a record shop. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't even so know that. So like, it was a record store. So. Um, like around, I think it opened in 2003, maybe. Okay. And then like the first three months, yeah, it was a, it was a record store. Uh, the original owners were like, uh, uh, DJ Unique, Steven Flex, uh, and this guy, DJ Rage, who actually, Rage took it over from this other guy, I believe Aliasha, who does, who does some clothing stuff. Um, super legend. Like if you ever look up Aliasha, like he's, he's, be, he's the man behind like alphanumeric Huh. And a couple other companies like huge but then um he that was his kind of like his brainchild and it was crazy I, I, i've been wanting to like interview him like i <laughs> i see him all the time but like i always wanted to interview him about like the history of the armory and how he came up with it yeah i think i, I asked him a little briefly but you're rocking yeah, an armory so, shirt right now yeah so um but he 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 didn't want he i don't know if he didn't want to do it or he didn't have time so he he let rage do it rage had another store in chula vista and he didn't want to split up the time between the two stores, so he right. wanted to get rid of his part. So he had hit me up because he knew that I was—I had my own distribution company with videos, with breaking videos, like so DVDs. <laughs> it was before DVDs. Oh, it was like VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah. So like, so I um, when I came out of uh, my freestyle session videos, I ended up started since everybody started doing videos, and I had a connection to Japan. I would just buy bulk videos from everybody or trade them with my videos. And then sell some to Japan, and then sell some on my website. This was pre-YouTube. Yeah, 
Like that's how people would get through. They would have to get them through me. Like right. I was like YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you were distributing the footage. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah so so Damn, uh, we've come so far. Yeah, and then um, so yeah, I just kind of like. I got into the army. I, I took over like the third of it, and I literally like the first week that I was at at the army, I, I was like, "Dude, this is only uh, records. Like, we need to throw, we need to throw my gear in here. I need right. to throw like, we need to make our own brand. We need to do all the videos. We need to do this. We need to do." So I like literally turned it into a hip hop shop like overnight. That's crazy. And then brought like the graffiti element with like, right? Like, you know, with, with spray paint mm -hmm. and like all that. So like we 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 did, um, yeah like. We just threw it up there, and then, yeah, it just, like, went from zero to 100, like, hella quick. <laughs> but, then, I mean, uh, that's kind of how it has to be. Like, you need to spark change. You need to create growth. And that's, I mean, I, I started in 2009. Yeah. And, like, the gems that I started going to, I would see people rock the armory. I would yeah. see it on flyers. Yeah. Like, it was a household name for yeah. me, but yeah. I didn't I didn't know the history behind it. Right. I didn't know who was behind it. And then, uh, like, even today, I still have armory socks. <laughs> I got the black armory socks. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And um, and actually, like it's kind of it's a big deal, bro. Like I think people that came up in mm, mm, around the two thousands, mm. they would know more and they would recognize that name a lot more. Yeah. But like we were talking before that we started recording, like there's a lot of brands that kind of like picked up and then over time they just like fused out, you know. Well, well the thing is, it's kind of like uh, with the brand Armory, like when I had initially came out with it, like I had homies all around the world. So I had my homie, John Jay, who's in, in Korea. Mm -hmm. I had my guy, uh, Machan in, in Japan, who did Top Nation. Mm -hmm. And then I had homies like UK Championship, Hooch in, in London, yeah, and Cats in Europe. So like all the people that were buying videos, I was selling an armory. And then also like all my homies that had anchors with their, with their events, mm -hmm. I made them like all distributors. So like they were like getting heavy into like, distributing it and it was it was good for like a year but then once people started seeing like like how much money they could make selling the gear mm -hmm. they started making their own brands right yeah. so then it just got to the point where everybody had their own brands and then it was kind of like okay it's just like parties out here is like you know if everybody just came together and did a party or a, a, a b-boy event they would be big. Right. And instead, everybody's doing like... Trying to compete with each other. You know, like you said, there's there's a freaking jam up up in North County tomorrow, and then we're doing a freaking right. thing out like right down the street. So like... It happens you know, like and, that. And it's, and it's like that, like... It's like that with everything out here now. So like... Yep. I always tell people like for, for freestyle session, even for jams, like... I'm not even competing with other jams, or I'm not even competing with hip-hop shit. I'm just competing with for people's time. Right. Like, it's true. People could just sit at home and watch... TV or they could go up on the internet. They watch a live stream. They literally, people were on their phones all day. Like, right. You know what I mean? So, like, you're competing for people's time and, and attention. Like, so, like, people's attention spans are real s short. So, like, yeah, to keep true. people at, like, a 10, like, a 8 to 10 hour jam, like, that's, like, impossible. Like, it's so. crazy because people refer to, like, November, October time as freestyle session season. <laughs> so, everybody wants to throw events around freestyle session. Yeah. No one wants to compete with it because you just can't. You yeah. really can't. And, um, it's wild that you mentioned like competition and people starting up their own brands because it's still it's true to this day. Yeah. Like people start their own brands and all of a sudden like they're supporters of you and all of a sudden it's like ooh now we got yeah. competition. It, it's yeah. wild. It's crazy. And like I said, it's a, it's a it's a it's a um, attention span thing too. Like yep. I told you like before, like people would be like oh that 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 shirt is dope and then they'll be like I want to buy it I want to buy it and then oh, you know what man. by the time they get if, if unless you like pull the trigger and have the shit printed out right there and there like. If you ain't got a place to, if you ain't, if you ain't have somewhere to sit, buy it, like right then and there, 
Not forget happening. about it because they're just like, oh, but that I like that yeah. one. <laughs> like you know, like your attention span is that fast. Dude. Yeah. So like you know. No, dude, it happens, yeah. and it's like I mean. I'm not gonna say all b-boys do it, but mm-hmm. a lot of people was like, "Yo, that's tight. I want to run." That's not even shit. a b-boy thing. That's just a human thing now. Like people just, they're just, it's quick. Yep. <laughs> you it it happens. You got to capture that moment. It's, it's there and it's Unless not, you have you know? your product right here, ready, yeah. and they got their mm-hmm. money out, mm-hmm. it's not happening. But okay, so that was the armory. Yeah. So what came after the armory for you? Because right now well, it's well, probably not as big as it used so, to be for you, right? So now the only reason why I got down with the armory is because like I I was always under the assumption since I was B boy in the eighties mm-hmm. that breaking was gonna die again one day. Mm. So like, I mean, it's a safe know, assumption, yeah, right? So, it happened so, once. So like, you know, I started breaking back again in ninety three because yeah. it kind of came back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Nothing near like the eighties, right? So like, I think the resurgence was more of a thing where it was like we took control of ourselves so like it was more like you know well not not really there was there was outsiders like throwing events you know and then uh it got to the point where then you know b-boy summits came radiotrons came which are all events by b-boys right for 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 the hip-hop cats you know so like it was like for us by us like straight right shit, you know like, yeah. so, <laughs> so, so it was kind of like i come from that generation so it was kind of like oh, okay so we could do our own shit you know like Whereas before it was like you kind of assume like some outside cat with some money or right. you know a, some put on a big know, some sponsor puts puts everything together for you you know what I mean like, yeah because even back in the day like like uh, during B Boy Summit we got sponsored by a, a, a company called uh, Street Smart mm. who also spent sponsored uh, Air Force Crew okay oh so, Air Force so, and this Crew is from yeah. our crew uh, Delivery Boys yeah. from San Diego so like we were sponsored and you know like the owner wasn't like a hip-hop head he was just kind of like a dude that just loved hip-hop and he was like he had money. i mean i, I won't say he, was a, he wasn't a hip-hop head he like was just really into like street culture yeah and he just like rubbed elbows with b-boys and then you know and just kind of fell into it and then <laughs> yeah so like so he started sponsoring like b-boys and then we like i got to travel to japan breaking you know and then I was already half Japanese. I'm half Japanese, so like okay. I already know Japanese. I would go to Japan all the time anyway. Um, but then like yeah, like once I got a little better in breaking, like I got to travel there for breaking, and then eventually met a homie out there. This guy Machan from Top Nation, who I dropped, mentioned before. Yeah. And he was working for a company like a store. Okay. So like when I moved out to I moved to Japan like. In '96, like so, you lived out I, there I too? dropped out of college. I didn't want to do college because like, the only reason why I even did college was like to almost appease my parents. I like, feel that to be I able to that. stay at home and all yeah. that. So like, because I was like kind of like my dad's thing, like, oh, if you're not going to school, then you can't live here. Right. Was, like, okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take care of you unless you're going to school. So it's kind of like, all right. It got to literally to the point where it was like I was pretending to go to school, but then I go to work. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But then, I mean, but then I, I, but then literally I just like sold all my shit and moved to Japan for like six months. Damn. And and like my boy had, he was also a b boy and he he was working for this dude and his his whole thing was like, man, I want to uh, start a, I want to have a b boy store like a shop, you know, I just sell all the shit from America. Interesting. And and that's because that's what they were doing, but they were doing like more like lowrider culture stuff. Okay. And like. Just LA straight, LA street shit. You know? Yeah, I've so, seen that. I've seen photos yeah. of that back in the day. That's yeah, interesting. So, like, so, so I, I moved to Japan on that, and then he was teaching breaking. So he like literally gave me his class. Like, yo, since you don't have a job out here, you just do that. And then I also like went out there with a gang of like Jordans and like I was like slinging like <laughs> shoes and shit back in the day. So like 
I went out there with Jordans and selling Jordans for triple what I bought them for and just like rebuying stuff. I mean, people do that these days, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> the so, resale culture is crazy. Yeah, so I, I, I was literally doing it uh, like when it wasn't a thing, you know? Like, it was kind of like a... The, the, the money difference between Japan and America was like way different. Right. Like, it still is. Like, a shirt in Japan will go for like 50 bucks. We're now here goes for 20. Right. You know, so if you have a dope brand here and you bring it to Japan, it's gonna, you're going to make like it's going double up. or triple, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So like, yeah. And I mean, the style over there is so much different. Like, I feel like they take a lot more risks, creatively oh, yeah. speaking, like with their They're fashion. Like, they, like, they like went from like following us to like, like we started emulating them because right. they just kind of like, they were like, we didn't give a fuck. If it's dope, it's dope. So like, right. they would just throw like, you know, like way back when, like they would throw like Supreme with like, hip-hop shit and like all kinds of shit like we're back 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 in the day it was kind of like all the hip-hop cats was just rocking all like hip-hop shit <laughs> like classic outfits like, yeah 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 <laughs> wait so here's a question this is like off script yeah. um how did you get so good at business like how does someone like you who's been like <laughs> doing a bunch of stuff like suddenly decide like yo i'm gonna i'm gonna do what i do but i'm gonna turn into a business even, the thing is i don't even know if i'm really that good at business like <laughs> <laughs> i'm just uh after 20 like, years you're well, like i'm not well, sure if I'm well good the at crazy business. thing was when i was young i like knew that you could get things on a low mm-hmm. and sell it for high right you know so like and you know i actually got that whole thing from like baseball cards Yo, so like I would, I would i would go to like uh baseball baseball card conventions and like just walk around and just you just got to pay attention, you know? Like, I was walking around, I seen, like, a Ricky Henderson card for, like, 75 bucks. And then I seen one on another side, it was 150 bucks. And I was yeah. like, yo, there's nothing even different about these. It's so the then I card. went to the guy with the $75 one, I was like, I'll give you 50 bucks if you sell that to me right now. And he said, all right, cool, because I guess he needed the money. Right. So I got it for 50 walked across to the dude that had a $150 one. I was like, yo, I'll sell you this for 100 since you have one for 150 He's like, all right. And I just made that quick dude. Right, yeah, yeah, So, yeah. like... So like, for me like everything's like that. It's mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a there's a price that you can get it for. So like really like it sucks going shopping for me like because I'm always like, oh, I can get that for cheaper. <laughs> I'm like right on my phone. I'm looking like for shoes like I'm on StockX. Like it, it just kind of ruins shopping for right. me like kinda in a way. <laughs> but I like, mean it, it's business. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. that's like the principle of it, yeah. right? So and not everybody can do that. Not everybody has. Well, that. a lot of people don't pay attention. Right. That's you know? true. So they just like, take things for what like, it is. Like even like. Even if I, like, don't pay attention for a little bit, I'll go in my car and run out of gas, and then I have to go get gas at the fucking right. $4.50 cent spot. Yeah. Like, that happened to me the other day. I was, like, I was right downtown, and I was, like, oh, man, I only have, like, five miles left on my, my car. Damn, you're running it so low. So I was, like, where's the freaking gas station? I was, like, all right. I seen one. It was, like, four twenty-five, and then the next block, I was, it was, like, four fifteen. I was, like, cool, I got here. <laughs> I filled up my tank. And then two blocks down, it was one for like three twenty-five. I was like, ah, oh, I just got got. <laughs> Bro, that happens. Like that's why people go to Costco. Yeah. Because no. like, oh, Costco gas is cheap, so they'll but, go out of their. But way. then it's like out of your way and like you right. Stand it makes no sense. Line. Yeah, yeah no, no, like, I feel it. I feel mm-hmm. it. So, and you've carried these principles till till today. Dude, yeah. So like, that's yeah, why freestyle right. session is as big as it is today. Oh well, freestyle session is different. Like I'm just kind of like. That's a perfect segue. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about freestyle <laughs> yeah. session because. A lot of people that are listening might not know what you do, who you right. are, which is crazy to me because, right. I mean, you're cross one. But explain what Freestyle Session is. Explain uh, when you got started because right. it's been two decades now. Yeah. Working on the third, huh? Well, technically, it's been, it was caught the tail end of the 90s 
all the 2000s. 2000, all the 2000s. So then we're going on our fourth decade. Oh, of. damn. That's true. We, we, we're yeah, in 2020. We, yeah, we went to the end of 90s, 90s and then in the beginning of the 2020s, right? Because so. it, it's considered like a mecca for breaking, dude. Like, you got to go to freestyle session at least <laughs> once in your life. Everybody yeah. goes. Like, everybody who's got, yeah, like, a big insane. name, that they're is, there. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. I mean, like, that, that's crazy, dude. Like, <laughs> without freestyle session, a lot of, like, the greatest battles of, I think, the, the generation that I'm in right now, like, the YouTube generation, they would not have existed. Right. Like, Squadron yeah, I mean, has had, like, crazy moments, you know? Pretty, you know, I don't know. In another <laughs> event, probably, but, like, yeah. you're the one that started it, and you're the one that holds that crown right now. So, talk about freestyle session. How did that even uh, come to be in your head? Well, so... So the reason why I started Freestyle Session was because B-Boy Summit actually started in San Diego and they moved to L.A. So it was down in um, well they they Golden the first the first one was yeah, a Golden Hall in the in the outside yeah and in the inside because there used to be this thing called the four three two F show which is kind of like I don't know if you know about Magic or ASR show or like all the clothing conventions no that was so so four three two F was kind of like uh, street street art and like just streetwear. And like the beginnings of it all. Like, okay, way before like, what it is. Just now. imagine like brands like Tribal and Top to Bottom were bigger than like Echo or you know things like that. Like so like Echo's of name I have not heard. Yeah, of Echo Echo got huge when like you know it was like they were fanning out on like like artists from San Diego. Right. You know so like, but anyway, yeah, they kind of like did it in conjunction with like I don't know if they did it in conjunction, but they did it at the same time. So like that's why if you see early. Uh, you know, B-Boy Summit videos. I've like, seen it. There's like, it's mad huge. like hip hop cats, like because they're all there, a lot of them were there for for the show and they were there for both because it was just like oh they're both at the same place the same yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was huge in San Diego and then they just bounced to L.A. because they both moved to L.A. It was like Easy Rock in Asia. Mm, yeah yeah. And then uh, so like literally like at practice it used to pop off at the L Street Boys and Girls Club. In Chula Vista, and then like Boys and Girls Club. Dude. That's where we used to practice every like Wednesday or Thursday, and then like we got to the point where like nobody was coming to practice. So I was like, "All right, the only time people practice is when there's a jam." So right, I'm just gonna do a jam because I like I helped somebody do an event. There was an event called Secret Wars back in the day. Secret Wars. Yeah, so like that's a cool ass name. <laughs> so so um, so the last one that they did, or the last one before freestyle session. Um, I actually entered, and then I also participated in the, in the, the monetary aspect of the event. So like, damn, you were one of those like, Because I, I kind of like learned that way. Like that was my first event that I right. participated in. So like, I made like half the money from the door, and then I made a third of the money of the prize because we won. And then like, I was like, yo, you can actually make money doing this. I was like, shit, I'm gonna throw my own event then. So I, I, I started. Um, I used to practice with, like Ivan. Up in um, up in Long Beach, Ivan, dude. Yeah, yeah like, we just literally would just go to the, like the street and just bust, you know. Like, Damn. And like I told him, I was like, "Yo, I want to, I want to throw you in." He's like, "Yo, I got you, I got you." Like, he pulled out his black book and he was like, "Yo, I'll call like everybody, I'll call everybody." He was like, <laughs> "All right, cool." So then he like, "You got the got a name?" And I was like, "Then I'll just call it the session," you know. Like, oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> it I sounds like, like Ivan. So then I, I, I like I like told my one of my friends that was a graphic designer. I was like. Yeah, I'm gonna throw an event. I wanna call it the session. Can you make me flyers? He's like, oh, there's already a session. It's a club. And I was like, ah. I was like, fuck it. Let's call it freestyle session. Cause like all the elements can freestyle. It's gonna right. be a hip hop jam. It's not mm-hmm. gonna be just b boy jam. So let's call it freestyle session. So then I was like with like Press, who started doing all my flyers, mm-hmm. with him and this guy Severe, who's uh, like from top to bottom, OG OG light rider. But he uh, 
we took elements of both of their like sketchbooks and we made a flyer. I don't know if you ever seen the black and white flyer. I have. Yeah, we, yeah. That was kind of like one character was was severe and one character was presses and then pressed like did the bubble like freestyle session letters and then put info line. I had my pager, put my pager number <laughs> my on there. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll just I'll just put the where it's gonna be at like the day of, you know. So we just put on the phone like. Yo, what's up? Freestyle says it's coming in November. Da da da. Just call call Here's, back on the di- on the right. day before, and we'll let you know where it's gonna be at. You know, and boom, and then yeah, I got L Street Boys and Girls Club where we practiced. I did I, I did it there, but like that's where the first one was at. Yeah. So that's leading crazy. leading up to it, like mad people were practicing. Yeah. And then afterwards, mad people were practicing. Right. Was it a crew? One on one or two v two? It was a crew. No, it was a crew. Just crew crews. Crew. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day, it wasn't like that many people were battling. Right. Mad people would go to the. It was crazy because now a lot of people. Like not too many people go go to the jam, but like literally everybody is a participant. Right. Like back in the day, it was like mad people would go, and then only like a little portion would be like actually battling. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So I, I started. I actually did the first four at, at L Street Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. It wasn't until five, the two year anniversary, that I ventured out to L A. and did it there. And that was because four like was during spring break. Yeah. And I felt kind of dissed from like the San Diego community because. Like, I dur- did it during spring break, and mad people just went to, like, Mexico to party. And, Damn, you know, it was they did like, you like that. It was kind of like, we were at that age where it was, like, between, like, being full-on 21 and being able to party in TJ. So, like, right. that was the thing. So, like, and people were on spring break, so, like, people were just doing other things. So, literally, like, Freestyle 1, we had, like, 800 people. Freestyle 2, we had, like, eight or 900 people. Freestyle 3, we had 1,300 people. So, like, we were packing that gym, you know? And then 4... We, we did a two-day event, and then we did, like, six or seven hundred uh, each day. Six or seven hundred people each day. Damn. So it took us two days just to match what we did. Right. Third, There's um, a little bit. Three. So, like, I was like, man, you know what? Most of the people are coming from, from L.A. anyway, so, so I wanted to do it in L.A. L.A. So yeah. we did it in L.A., and then the first time I did it in L.A., like, 1,500 people showed up. So like Your first yeah. jam was 800 people? That's, yeah. fucking, that's crazy, dude. <laughs> That's wild. I mean, but that that just shows like how different the times were. Like people needed yeah. an event like that. Yeah, no, it was it was back back in those days. I feel like uh, I feel like it was easier to get people because like there was less things to take you away from. Right. Yeah. Like you know, like like you said, every, yeah. everyone's competing with your time. Yeah. Like, so you, so like back in the day, it was like if you heard about some shit, you're just like you put it on your calendar and you're like you're oh, there. I'm going there. This right. is tight. I'm gonna practice. Like blah blah blah. But now it's like there's a jam every go week. Here. Wait, a new movie came out. Oh, I'm gonna go to the movies. Right. Okay, wait, there's a, a a club. Oh, I'm gonna go there then. <laughs> People are super undecisive, you know. That's that's <laughs> 2020 for you, dude. Yeah. In a nutshell, for real. So, did you ever think you'd, you'd make it this far? Was there ever a point where you were like, ah, uh, maybe I can stop doing freestyle session? Uh well, see that, yeah, like, so so that's why I said like the fr- I was doing freestyle session. I was started a distribution company with the videos. Um, I got down to Armory because mm-hmm. that was kind of like my exit plan. Like, right, I was like, just okay, breaking's gonna like probably die out any minute now because it's already <laughs> been like, it's already been six years, five years, like, you know, yeah. it's like, all right, I'm, you know, any then, minute now. I just, yeah, it's kind of like, oh man, these events are getting bigger. Like, <laughs> you know, like twenty years so, later, you're like, so, oh man. And what's crazy now. is like, I didn't even fully like really think that breaking was like, because I never was like fully fully like dove into breaking right you know what i mean like as far as business is concerned like even now like i'm still like have different avenues but like for for like business like yeah like i seen like come like 
basically like I seen Mex, rest in peace. Rest like in peace, I man. seen him come up from like being a hungry little b boy that was buying mad tapes for me. Right. To him starting event, and then like literally I told him like when I seen his, the first time I seen his flyer was at Freestyle Eight, and I Ooh, seen it. And it was kind of like same steez as mine with like b-boy characters graffiti like, like yeah writing, like you know like a piece yeah, yeah and i was like oh this is tight you know like who, who's this and i was like ah, i just put it in my pocket you know and then a couple of years later i ended up going to the event because i liked the flyer mm-hmm. and then was it in florida yeah yeah in Orlando. and then and then i had met him because like i was waiting for like a taxi and he was like yo what's up cross and i was like what's up he's like, i was next i'm, I'm going to i was like oh where you are you know and he's like he's like, you need a ride i was like yeah so we, I got in the car and we like chopped it up all the way to the airport and I mm-hmm. gave him my number and then we just like chopped it up and then we, we we became super tight and then like I watched him come up and just like dive 100% b-boy everything well the b-boy spot yeah and I was ways. like damn that is, it's actually a thing like you could do that yeah you know yeah like, and I knew I could, but like I never was like I've never one been one to like put all my eggs in one basket. You right. Know? No, because so like, I mean, as I think, that's the smart move yeah. to do. So, so, um, but I seen that it was possible. So like, and and you know that that all did his thing. It kind of came and went for him too, because at one certain point he was kind of like, man, I'm putting my my all into this, and you know, like I'm just not feeling it. Like, I have my son now, and I want to put a lot of time into him. So right, that's what he was doing, you know. So and you know that's respect. So so he. He kind of like did the like like Kobe rest in peace like he right. he transitioned from like basketball to just straight up Being for his daughters daughter. right yeah. yeah so like like next put all his all into that so like like the breaking kind of took a side step you know yeah so like but for me it was like like I said I I never like fully dove in but then finally like it wasn't until like maybe like one or two years into like UDEF oh the pro breaking tour while that's I was recent like, yeah and I was just kind of like you know like breaking in the Olympics was like a discussion and I was right. just like and it finally like hit me in the head I was just like damn like this is actually a thing like right it's not dying it, yeah it's, <laughs> it's probably not gonna end right yeah soon. so like if anything is like I'll retire before like it ends you know right what I'm so, it's like, getting bigger and like yeah. you mentioned like breaking in the Olympics is kind of wild yeah and, and like even even like when we first started doing um like UDEF and stuff like bef- a couple years before that like I I, I had reached a, a, a time where like I was kind of like, man, I, I'm I'm getting a little older. Like, yeah, I might need to just get a regular job, you know? Right. And like, so I I, I went to go look around for jobs and like, oh, but I was like, you know, in a position where I was kind of like, well, what the fuck am I gonna do? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even if I do, like, what am I gonna work at a club or like, what the fuck? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, still DJing, still promoting, like, but like, literally, like, I set up my life, like, everything around me is like straight hip hop shit. Yeah. You know? Like, it's hard to switch out. Yeah. So, like, so finally, I was just like, I kind of canned that, like, super <laughs> Real quick. quick. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, fuck this. I'm going to just go, go balls out. Like, you know, and then, then that's when I started doing, like, the world tours and, like, you know what I mean? I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go all out and go find, you know, I, I was never really one to, like, go search I'm, I'm still to this day I don't really search out for like people to do events with me right but like you know but then it got to more being like if I met somebody from like oh where are you from oh where I've never done an event out there like that'd be dope if we made something happen and they're like oh you interested like yeah what's up and they're like oh okay well and then we have the discussion you know right whereas before it was kind of like I would just wait for people to ask me right you know so now it's like actual discussion but you're like, hitting like, like a bunch of countries yeah yeah we, we've done events in like 40 something countries that's that's crazy like i mean it's crazy to think that breaking is that big but also 
that freestyle session carries that weight literally everywhere mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, I mean, the way you're you're talking about it, it's actually, like, kind of almost multiplies when it goes out. Right. Because people, like, in some places, they don't have events. So, like, all they have is, like, the internet and what they see. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's gotten to the point where, like, I'm probably, like, Freestyle Session is probably, like, one of, like, three or four events that made it from the 90s That's into true. the tw- t- 2020s, right? So, right. like... So yeah, we're like the freaking grandpas on the block and shit. Like, <laughs> wait, was Cypher Addicts around when? Um, nah, Cypher Addicts is like I want to say it's fairly new, but it's like probably like I want to say maybe ten years, maybe. It was it was around when that started. That was two thousand nine. Okay. So maybe around yeah, ten years, seven years, years, something. I think like last that. year was ten years. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, even BC One, like to me, like I'm still in my BC back of one, my, right? Even in the back of my head, I was like, oh yeah, because I remember them doing the first BC One and and actually like. They had like eight invited guests, I think. It was like eight or sixteen. There was open slots. There was no open slots, but like a couple people couldn't make it. <laughs> so, so uh, Thomas from Battle of the Year was actually like kind of like a person helping BC mm-hmm. One, and he had called me. He was like, "Yo, Cross One, this is uh, Thomas from Battle of the Year." I was like, "What's up, man?" He's like, "He's like, yeah, we have BC One coming up like in a, in a week. Like, <laughs> do you know any American B boys that would be down to do it?" And I was like, "I mean, what do you need?" They're just like, "Well, we just want like really good guys." And I was like, well, who's in it? And then he's like, tell me. And I was like, ah, uh, well, I mean, like Iron Monkey was living with me at the time. I was like, well, right. Iron Monkey's here. He's ready to go. Like, he'll, he'll, he's down. And then he's like, oh, that'd be dope. You know, like, he's a legend, you know? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then, and then, and then, uh, Omar and then, won and the then first one, right? And, yeah, yeah. So I hooked him up. I was like, and there's a new guy in, in Texas, this guy, Omar. He's really good, but like, you know, he's barely getting out there. So he might be good, like, if you want to try somebody new. And they were like, yeah, that'd be dope. I, I think I seen a video of him on the internet. I was like, all right, cool. So I, I linked him up, and then boom, Omar went over there and won the shit. Right, imagine. Yeah. That. <laughs> and I mean, now he's like he's a reporter for the Red Bull events, right? Or well, yeah, they, they, they're event. they're kind of like uh, yeah, like so BC One. I mean, if you haven't seen like, they kind of use the all stars, the people that are sponsored by Red Bull. Yeah. Like the historical value of like Omar being the first, like, like they're they're starting to put them in the positions of you know, reporters and, like, yeah. you know, online personalities. Because that was something I was doing, uh, but I think I got the boot because of, like, the whole monster relationship. Right, right. <laughs> Which is an interesting Which I don't, thing. I, don't, I don't know if that's for sure, but I, I was just like, well, you know, it was it was probably conflict, you know? Here's, a, here's another question yeah. off script entirely. Yeah. How do you feel about commentary with breaking? Do you think it's, like, it puts it in too much of a sports role, or do you think, like, it helps I think, out? I think, I think a lot of people need the commentary. Right, I agree. I think there should be, like, a... a like an on-off switch like you should be able to watch it like without in case without. Yeah. yeah so like which is what they did right they did that recently I well think. well actually uh for freestyle session we just didn't do commentary because we were just like a it cost us a bunch of money that we didn't have and, right and and i was just like you know let's let's test it out with no commentary let's see how he does you know so um i mean it worked out pretty good because it's like it was kind of like you just sat in the same position watching the battles like right. you were there so yeah and and the commentary was like ivan hyping up the crowd or me telling you who's going to be next or whatever. So, you know, I, I, I like the commentary. Uh, I mean, the only thing I didn't like about it when I was doing it for Red Bull is that they were just always in my ear, like, yo, hurry up. Like, you know, like, right. All right, we're about to start the battle. So they yeah. got to shut the shut up. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know. So it right. got to the point where it was just like, I was just doing the, like, the one liners about like the hashtags. Uh, oh. Who's up next? You know, like quick tidbits. Like, that's so funny. And, and people were like, you should do this and you should do that. I was like, bro, you ain't doing none of that. Right. You know, like, you don't have time to do that. Like, Yo, know. okay, this this puts it into very good, like, <laughs> this is a good segue, because 
people are so quick to talk online and yeah. give their opinion, yeah. but nobody knows all the hard work and like yeah. what's actually going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, so that puts of, you in a weird spot, right? Yeah, a lot like, of people are telling me what I like ideas that they have, right? Which not you, knowing that we've already had these ideas for like ten or fifteen years, and right. We've already tried it and it didn't work, right? So like, you know that that's the only thing that I have uh, that I don't like is that yeah, it's like giving us opinions we're not asking. Dude, yeah. <laughs> like, like, and that's the internet, right? That's like yeah. everybody has the opportunity to give feedback yeah. even if it's not good. Well, they're just like throwing up comments. Yeah, dude. Like, oh, no, man. Like, I mean, at least make a little bit of sense or like at least think about it a little bit. Or I mean, yeah. it, it's funny because, you know, you get your hater comments, yeah. you get all your like, where's Little Zoo? When yeah. does Little Zoo battle comments? And like, like uh, Little Zoo's not even here yeah. in Japan this weekend. Like, <laughs> He's not even in the bracket. Yeah. <laughs> you could have seen that before this. It, it's funny, but that's... That's kind of where things are trending. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be commentary for the Olympics? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, there, there has to be. There has to be, It's right? going to be like 99% people, like 99.9% people never watch breaking in their life watching like battles happen, you know? Right. But it's still, like, I think it's still in the air. So like we don't even find out if it's for real a thing like till the summer, I think, after the Olympics. I so. mean, you're for sure going to have to be involved with that, dude. Um, right? if, I am, if, if I am, I am. If I'm not, I mean, I am by default. Right. Because like... <laughs> Breaking is my thing, so right. like, you know, like that's what I tell people. They're like, because a lot of I feel like a lot of um, like we had when, when we were talking about older b boys and like the trend of like being angry. Right, it's dude. like yeah. you know everybody's like, oh, I'm not involved and invite me, but it's like, dude, like you don't have to make money at every. You don't have to get invited to jams. Like jams, like jams happen so for people to go. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And it's not that they want to take your money, but it does cost money to do. So like. Jams are an open invitation. Like, yeah. You don't need to get invited. <laughs> Anybody you know? can come. And, and, yeah, like, yeah. and like back in the day when I was young, like we would drive for like 12 hours to go to the bay and go to a jam. You know, we'd pay, pay gas, pay, ram everybody into a hotel room, pay the cover. <laughs> we'd fly to like Miami for Pro-Am, pay the cover. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's up to you to like figure out how you're going to make, make it. You know what I mean? Like, so like for me, like going to jams, like, I started like slinging like headspin beanies. Ooh, like, yeah. And then, and then when I started doing events, I started doing the, vi the videos and the DVDs and then the clothes. And like, I found ways to like make a like a commerce out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, and then, you know, like B-Boys could do like classes or they could learn to DJ or, you know, like there's so many ways to do things. You know what I mean? Like now, like even like now you could do like freaking, I don't know, you could. Even like what I was telling you, like even sh like the the uh, doing shipped or like Postmates or whatever, like you can do that nationwide if you're right. writing app exactly. apps. Like, like you can literally live in like in San Diego and do it in New York. You know, there's like, so whatever. many ways like, to so make money, right? Yeah, so like, like there's no excuse. Yeah. I feel like, and um, that I mean, oh dude, there's so many things. But okay, first of all, uh, we're coming back to this idea that you do a lot, but Freestyle yeah. Session is like the big player in your life. Um, what is your favorite thing to do? I mean, you do so much. Like, is your favorite thing to DJ? Is your favorite thing uh, to uh, host jams? Uh, my favorite thing, really, I mean, the things that I like really enjoy is like traveling, and I like I like going to places I've never been to. So, like, I it, imagine there's very it, few places you haven't been to at this point. I mean, yeah, but like, like the last couple of years, yeah, like once or twice a year, I'll go somewhere new. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, that's kind of been my thing. Like, I want to do some stuff like in new places or. And, I, and of course, I like going to places that I just enjoy going to. Right. You know? And of course, I have to hit the places that I know always do well. Right. You know? That's true. Those, those help facilitate being able to go to places that I've never been to. Right. That's so. my business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, 
So yeah, I mean, um, I like you know, I just, I just like chilling and just doing, doing normal shit. I mean, like you, you do like it's dope because like what I like to do is like I like to go to jams and see people that I know and like travel around and have fun. So it's like you get all that when you go to like dope jams. Right. <laughs> like, and, and, you know, like, it's crazy because you pop up at the most random jam. Like <laughs> I remember there was this jam I think hosted by Latin Soul. Uh-huh. I think it was called Back to Breaks. Right. And you just popped in there and I was like, oh, damn, what is Cross One doing here? It's crazy. <laughs> I live here. That's what right. <laughs> and, uh, and then yeah. you were also at uh, one of the breakdown events, the SDSU Stateside oh, Breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one that, um, it was Costo and... Um, yeah, Lancer. Yeah, it was yeah, Lancer yeah, and Dino. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. exhibition was a big one. Yeah. Um, I recorded it. It was on my phone. I don't know. It might be on my phone. <laughs> that, dude, that was, that was a good one and that yeah. happened super spontaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, okay, so now we're covering all the bases here, but we're coming around to UDEF, which has been, like, a hot topic recently. Mm. There's been a lot of stupid controversy, in my opinion. Right. Um, because I feel like there's people trying to take away something that's really good for the scene. And um, what is that? where does that put you? Because well, you're someone that, you know, now you're president of UDEF. And well, a lot of people have misconceptions on, on what's going on. Well, I think there's always been a misconception with, with UDEF and, you know, Pro Breaking Tour on what we're actually trying to do. Right. Only because uh, breakers are mad defensive always, you know. Like <laughs> oh yeah. The shit that happened in the '80s, they seen big corporations come in, business people or whatever come into the scene, and thrash it. They fucking literally like blow it up and then ram it to the ground. Right. You know. So, I feel like being that, you know, the guy that I started UDEF with was a business guy, and you know that was his thing, like investments and stuff. Right. Like that's what people automatically assume he was doing with breaking, which he was investing it in a way, but it was more investing it into making, making it see that it, making it sure that it, it grows. Right. And, and it turns into a business and, you know, commerce and, you know, almost being professional and, and just elevating it to a new platform, which I think ultimately we did. Yeah. We, we accomplished that mission. That's what know? I was about to say. Immediately, once you see UDEF on one of the flyers, you know it's yeah. legitimate. You know that you're going to get paid. Yeah. You know that you're going to get your check. And yep. you know that even if you came in like eighth, you're still going to make some money. Right, like exactly. So like, and it's not like you're going to walk away and get, like, nobody's going to get rich breaking at, a, at winning a jam. You know? Right. Like, that's no, just, it doesn't happen. It's never been a thing. Right. <laughs> you know, ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, so like, but even then, there's like ridiculous prize pools. No, there is sometimes, you know, and, 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 and that's, that's crazy. And, and I feel like that's uh, the fruits of of not only our labor, like my labor, like back in the day when I first started doing like bigger b-boy events, like bigger uh, prizes. Yeah, because I feel like when when I first did my first ten thousand dollar jam, I don't think anybody ever did a ten thousand dollar prize pool. Which is still you like know? even to this day in twenty twenty, that sounds yeah, still wild, out, dude. Yeah. So I did that because I had money coming in from the videos. So I was just like, I oh, don't have sponsors, but you know what? I'm gonna sponsor myself. I'm gonna, <laughs> you gotta put yourself well, up. You know, like my whole business plan back in the day was, I'll, as long as I break even at the jam, I know I'll make money with the the videos, and then yeah. I can put that back into the next jam. Right. So that's, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. That's the cycle. And then, and then, and then, like you know, that came and went because YouTube came along, and then. And then, like, I never really got into YouTube, so luckily, like, I got to partner up with, like, Stance. Right. So, like, um, or, and even before that, it was Strife. Strife so TV. I, I, I had a good friendship with uh, Daniel from, from Stance. So, Daniel Zoo. So, when he was like, I'm going to start my own thing, I was like, dude, I'm with you. Yeah. So, so like, I started, uh, I helped him out a lot, and he actually gave me a little bit of ownership with Stance. Oh, that's which, cool. You know, it's more of a thing, like, I probably, I guess, 
if one day it actually dissolved and <laughs> there was like something left, like right. whatever. But um, yeah, like back in the day, like I got them in jams. I got I connected the dots. It's still connected dots. So that's kind of like my job with them is kind of like connect the dots and make right. sure that things get, you know, good ideas, good good relationships. Because um, they they put out a lot of content that a lot of people are watching. Yeah, I mean. It's mainly all in the U.S., but, like, they've been starting to get hired, like, overseas, so... That's cool. You know, if they go to, like, a Battle of the Year, they're getting hired for Battle of the Year. If they go on to BC1, they're getting hired there, like... There's European jams that yeah, they're filming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've well, seen well there's, there's also people that film from Europe that, that go to jams out there, and there's people in Asia, so, like, you know, our team is, like, worldwide, you know? Right, so, which is good for breaking in general, because yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, and, and what's crazy is we, we need more outlets like that. That's right. what's cool about breaking right now is that is that there is a little bit of money being generated and mm -hmm. like i see people like talking about oh it's lucrative i don't i don't think breaking is lucrative for anybody i mean you could i mean you could hypothetically um but you you'd have it's a lot of work so right like yeah. if it is lucrative you're doing a lot of work and you're doing a good damn good job doing right it, you know so like there's really nothing to hate on that about so like but like there's money getting brought into the scene so like for me it's kind of like yo b-boys like you know, I, I always hear like Renegade online, like typing, like talking, like he's like, yo, you guys got to become writers. You guys got to become video guys. You got to meet yeah. media channels. You got to teach. Because, you know, like if, if B-Boys aren't the ones teaching breaking, guess who's going to be teaching? Like some super whack dude that took a, a, a workshop for like one hour, taught, like learn a couple steps. You know what? He's going to be teaching that class. Man. next week <laughs> you oh, know what man. i mean like <laughs> i mean it happens a lot dude it happens that, a that's lot. why they go to the, the, the classes right you know and i mean uh, there's that whole stigma like b-boys don't really take class if yeah. you're not a kid yeah. you're not really showing up to workshops you're not but, really showing up to but classes. there are a lot of people that are starting to take classes so like, right that's it's the coming thing up again. like yeah you know like and people are becoming coaches now and i've seen people like make decent money just like i mean as a side hustle or a main hustle just uh, teaching kids how to break. Yeah, that's and, a big private right and, now. And like, yeah, thing. and then like, there's parents that are like ready to be like, yo, we need a coach for my son. Like, yeah. I want him to be the next, you know, next Victor or right. next Hong Ten or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, and they'll pay the race. Yeah. That's the most important part. And, like, and they'll they'll take their kids halfway across the country <laughs> to go to a jam. Like, there's you know, like, like even like freestyle session, we started doing the the kids battle. Like, I just did that more on a local thing. Right. And dude, like now there's kids from like Russia, Japan, like. Canada, I met Grom like, because coming. he was in town for freestyle. Stuff. Yeah, because he well, they in in Russia they they did the qualifier out there, so they brought the winners. Mm. And so like a lot of the um, qualification um, freestyle session events are starting to do that. Interesting. So, so it's like getting bigger. It's like getting international. It's like, damn, I didn't even plan for that. Like, because our <laughs> our kids battle is like not for like a crazy amount of dough. Like, we just do it because it's like, like, and and people are like, how come you don't give them like a lot of money? I'm just like. Bro, like, I don't want kids to come up, like, th like thinking, like, a jam is supposed to be for, like, 5Gs or $1,000. Like, yo, right. they're, they're getting, like, 250 $500 or whatever and a bunch of gear and, like, a big trophy. And that's that's what it is. That's like, good, yeah. I want, I want them to be, like, that's that's what it is. I, I want this they're trophy, you know? Love, like, yeah. yeah. So, like. And, I mean, kids are getting so good these days, dude. dude it's crazy. It's so those, crazy. Those battles are almost better than the freaking big battles. <laughs> dude, no. Like, yeah. I, uh, I was watching the... the battles that Grom was in and I was like dude this is some high level breaking dude, and he's he, still so young yeah and he he uh he made it to Undisputed yeah, yeah oh he, yeah yeah he was one of the finalists for there so and Undisputed is a yeah. big thing too that's that's wild man like but but yeah so so going back to what we were talking about um yeah I just think there was like a lot of misconceptions um and and really man 
UDEF and Pro Breaking Tour was was created to help the scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, literally, like, when Steve was involved, uh, Silverback, mm -hmm. he was literally, like, just wanted to give people money. And and he would he would ask for things, like, we would ask, like, our whole thing is when, when we sponsor an event, mm -hmm. like, if we have, a, like, a tour sponsor, like, our tour sponsor this year is, like, Red Bull and, and Tiger Bomb. So people oh, that are in those, yeah, yeah. so those people in those categories... The, the events that are involved with the tour, they can't get, like, a competitor to those those brands right. to sponsor their event because that would conf be conflicting. Yeah, right. So a lot of, and it's crazy is, like, some promoters don't even get that. Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh, they're trying to buy me out. Like, no, like, we're, like yeah, that's that's kind of, like, the deal. You want to be down with this tour and you're going to get money in exchange? Like, we take that tour, that that that, that area of, of business. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, right. um, and then, you know, the, it was kind of like uh, there was contracts for like people to you know to share the media rights, mm -hmm. which is all standard things. Like if you if you sign a BC One contract, it's the same thing. If you do any like even before UDEF, like I was doing that with Freestyle Session, we, we had people signing contracts for that too. You know, like, interesting. I mean, that's part of the growing business. Like if you want to grow, if you want to become more professional. Well, even because like a couple years ago, like I don't know, say a couple years, but the first time I did the three on three. We were sponsored by the movie Battle of the Year. I remember so, so that. So they had came and, and oh, that's crazy. They had came and, and and videotaped everybody at the jam. So there was a slight chance that you might come out of the movie. I remember but that. But if you did come out in the movie, they sent you a check. So right. there was a bunch of people that made like maybe like two seconds in the movie. I do they got that. paid like five hundred bucks or whatever, you know, like, and it was cool. Like, but it, everybody had signed, you know, a contract and. And then everybody took like a Polaroid picture, so like when they found somebody like a, a clip of them, mm -hmm. they'd be like, "Oh, we gotta find this dude," you know. So like it was crazy. But Battle of the Year was an interesting movie too. Mm -hmm. I I didn't even expect. And Battle, dude, there's like now that we're here, like mm -hmm. we're naming a lot of events that are big yeah. and they're still carried weight yeah. after such a long time. Yeah. Um, I remember Battle of the Year was bigger though back in the day. Um, Battle of the Year is big, dude. If you go, like it's like fourteen thousand people at a jam. But like the <laughs> the remember the. Back in the day, like, the, the crew battles were, like, really big. I feel like nowadays you don't see too many people, at least from the U.S., creating crews. And, like, well, they're just, I think it's just not, I think it's so far away that the U.S. people just never gravitated towards Battle of the Year. Right. So, but, you know, it's crazy because there's certain crews that are just all about it. They want to make it there. Like, I mean, when you first come in up, man, you watch those videos, those historic battles, dude. Like, if, dude, you, yeah. if anybody does their homework and they watch all the Battle of the Years, you all, you want to go to Battle of the Year. Yeah, that made you want to be in a crew because, yeah, yeah. like, the chemistry from some of those crews is yeah, crazy. Yeah. I, I wish I could do more crew battles for freestyle session. It's just, it's tough for a partner from, say, like, Taiwan to bring a whole crew of people to That's the freestyle true. session versus doing, like, three or five. Or, you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. year I'm stretching, I'm doing a five on five this year. And, like, I'm stretching it. Like, some of my partners are just kind of like, oh, five. Because there's visa issues and stuff involved with that, right? Yeah, there's always visa issues with, like, certain countries, like, you know, like Russia, a bunch of B-Boys couldn't come because they, they weren't giving out new visas anymore. Ooh, and damn. like, yeah, a lot of people get rejected, like, in the Latin American countries. Right, yeah. A lot of people ask for letters, right? The people in, like, uh, Muslim countries are, is horrible now, like, with, with, with Trump. You know, yeah. First, like, it's crazy because all these politics, like, they trickle down into our, our realm. Like, they play a role. We, we, don't, we don't really see too much of it because as Americans, we're able to kind of travel down here or wherever. Mm -hmm. I mean... We get mad when we have to make a visa. Right, <laughs> like, that's true. Like, I had to go like what China. do you mean I gotta get a visa? What? Right. what and I was like, damn, visa? what? Is like a credit card? Yeah. Like, no, it's like a, 
it's like a paper you can put in your passport and you get it like you have to get it like, right you know, like, to so. get into a certain country but i mean that's that's kind of that's kind of the way of the world now politics yeah. is a big deal yeah. especially with the way things are in the states yeah. like it doesn't get easier like that but but it's a cool thing that we have like udef and and the tour because like we use that to to invite people and you know like freestyle sessions like we have a we have a 22 year history now so like i'm able to put that in my letters and like right so so when they go to the embassies and they have they see that this event they, they do a little bit of research they see that it's the real deal like oh it's it's a real thing like right there's so, some so a lot of times i mean i think we have a pretty good ratio of people that got their visas versus not getting them you know what I mean? right so and i mean uh right now like it's only going to get bigger especially with yeah. the olympics and yeah. all that so freestyle sessions yeah no it's, huge, it's a man. it's a um it's an exciting time you know what i mean like and i know that it's not like the same as before right but you know that's like everything yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the movies aren't freaking $10 anymore. Right, no. You know what I'm Hell like, no. I wish. <laughs> I remember when we used to be mad that they were $10. Right. But now, like, dude, like, yeah. You, Popcorn you, by itself is yeah. like $10, yeah, it's bro. Crazy. It's like, so, it's nuts. So when I hear people complaining about water or whatever, like, dude, like, you go to McDonald's, you're dropping 10 on on a freaking Happy Meal nowadays. Right. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, inflation's kicking in fast. Oh, man. You know? <laughs> so there was a lot of memes online about this past freestyle session <laughs> in the carpet. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, dude. Yeah, that that was a brand new venue. So, like... Which is crazy, because really Saquon is a know, big deal. I really didn't know what... Uh, I didn't really know what to expect, dude. And right. Like, so, like, yeah, like, so much shit happened, like our floor didn't like unwrinkle so we had to come with an old like a, a different floor like that the actual floor that we use the one that everybody was memeing about yeah that was actually supposed to be cypher flooring interesting and then we have last year's floor the, uh but the person that like that that packed it up uh -huh. they rolled it all jacked up so it, like Damn. there was lumps in it so like we literally left it in the sun to try to like iron out yeah and it wouldn't iron out Damn. and like and like and i asked this dude like like, I asked one of the dudes, like, our guys, like, yo, you got to make sure that that floor is right. You know what I mean? Like, because it was up in L.A., so I wasn't really uh, able to go up there to check. Yeah. And then, like, we, I thought it was going to happen because <laughs> usually you could just leave it out in the sun and it just flattens out. But I don't know if it just wasn't hot enough or what, but, like, it didn't flatten out. So we ended up having to use the floor that we bought, and the floor that we bought wasn't, like, the best freaking floor. Yeah. And then, like... Dude, I could have just rented a floor. Like the, right. the the place had a floor that we could use. It's just it's just those ones that you piece together. Yeah, the hard ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I don't really like those because there's like little gaps I where I, you get your like. I mean, I don't know if you've ever done halos on that kind of floor, yeah, but like dude. it'll jerk your hair out. And uh, apparently, like some people don't know that, so like <laughs> they think they know everything. You know what I mean? Right. So like, but I'm like, yo, like I get I get like. I get, like, nightmares about floors like that. I was like, dude, I ain't gonna get my hair, you know, I'm not even breaking on it, but, like, people were like, why did you get that floor? I was like, dude, those floors suck, but, like, that floor would have been head and shoulders better. I agree, though. Better, no, those know? floors are trash. Yeah, so, like, but we could have also did that and then put the floor over it, and then it would have been fine, but... I mean, I learned something points. new. It's crazy because it was 22 years. That was the first time that ever happened to me. Right. And, like, but I could just honestly say it'll never happen again. So, right, right. You know? I mean... You live and learn, You can't man. prepare for everything. I could have, I could have just, I could have just said fuck it and just did everything on stage. But then that was been a whole nother mess that people would have been talking shit about. I so mean, like, you, you can't appeal to everybody, you, man. You, you're damned <laughs> if you do, damned if you don't. Right, so exactly. Like, so my whole thing was like, dude, my whole thing was like, I was watching all the battles and I was just making sure that it wasn't hampering anybody's performance. Right. And it didn't. 
That's true. So, so that's all my whole thing was like, dude, like people were like talking shit. Like, oh, it's fucking wavy right there. I was like, <laughs> I know it's wavy. I don't like it either. So like we were trying to back people up, but then people like smash in oh, and it just man. made it worse. And I was just like, dude, just leave it, man. Like people aren't tripping or nothing. Like if I had seen somebody tripping, I would have just been like, all right, we're redoing this whole thing. Like, right, right. Which we had tried, but it just didn't work, man. It was like such a headache, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, B-Boys are the first to complain, bro, <laughs> for real. Um, it's cool it's it's you know it's just i mean i put myself out there like i you live and learn it's crazy because i got this nice ass venue which cost double any other venue like that I could so that is a big deal people yeah, are how expensive that. like a lot of people that just went to just be like at the jam they told yeah. me like oh it's one of the best ones because yeah. like there was drinks yeah. you could gamble yeah. like and what's crazy is that there was a. Uh, there was drinks and then people got like pissy drunk and right then they, oh and man then somebody got in a fight a lot, lot of people are talking about that last and that's fight. crazy because that was like the first time we've had a fight in like probably like 15 years or hella long like, never had really like a, had a, had a like, serious fight you know like, right 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 that so, people I mean, were like you know, oh they shut down crash bandicoot da, 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 da. i'm like man you could be worrying about so yeah, many things it's cool all right so we, <laughs> so break it down for us right here is there a freestyle session version that stands out as your favorite? Um, five was like one of my favorites, and then what's crazy is like, yeah, five was the first one in LA. In LA, LA right? That was yeah, like one of my favorites. So I have a few, man. Five, and then seven. Uh, seven was the one at the Alexander Hotel with like Style Elements and like, Ooh, you know, okay. like uh, Ground Zero and uh, oh right, right, yeah, yeah, Ground yeah. Zero and Skill Methods uh -huh. teamed up, and then like. Uh, and then the year after, when we did at the Queen Mary, we were like California and Massive Monkeys. Interesting. Yeah, and then, um, and then the ten year anniversary was like crazy because like freaking one hundred and thirty crews entered, like Damn. full crews, and like then full ass five v five crews. Like. And it was crazy because that was supposed to actually be my last jam. I was like, dude, I'm retiring. Really, the tenth yeah. one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but but like that thing, that jam was so dope that it was crazy. It was because that we initially were supposed to get a different venue. Mm -hmm. And like last minute since we had Slick Rick, so Slick Rick had just got out of jail like a couple months <laughs> earlier, yeah. or earlier that year. And the owner of the venue, he caught wind of that. He was like, "Nah, you guys aren't having a rapper that was in jail." Like he was just totally like anti. Mm. You know, didn't even know that Slick Rick was like a like a pioneering rapper. You know, right, what I mean? right, so, right. So we ended up moving it to to uh, to where do we have it that year? We had a big ass at the fuck. Super popular. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, but it's you got like, 22 it's, years to remember. It's, a, it's the biggest. It's the. It's like one of the best, illest venues in, in in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard. But um, and it's crazy because we were the last. We were the last show there, and then mm -hmm. the first show there when they remodeled was uh, Jay Z. Oh shit! Yeah, so, oh, yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So, is there any that stands out as your least favorite? My least favorite. It's crazy because one of the best ones on the Queen Mary was actually one of my least favorite because we almost got shut down by the police. Damn. So it was actually supposed to be in the Spruce Goose Dome, mm -hmm. and they actually like told us we couldn't use it because the city owned half of the dome. Interesting. But then they don't own the Queen Mary, so Queen Mary owns the Spru half of the Spruce Goose Dome with the city, mm -hmm. and then they own Queen Mary. So there was we lucked out, and there wasn't anything going on at the Queen Mary at the time. So we literally that day we had to move everything in within a few hours to the boat. <laughs> So I don't know if you ever watched the video, but like, there's a whole like little thing on it in the beginning. I, I need to watch that yeah, one. Yeah. So. I um, and then I mean, where does the uh, the San Diego one from 20, 2014? That was that was dope because I got to bring it back. 
and like I mean the city was real receptive to it that was a really good one yeah and then but then I feel like this last one I don't feel like it really was that receptive (laughs) like (laughs) Uh, because a lot of people are like you're gonna bring it back to San Diego and then and then this happened you know but you know it's cool like I said um, I mean this year this year we're gonna go back to LA Uh, we have some pretty dope venues that we're checking out so I mean it'll be a new spot and uh, yeah all right, so this is this is probably like one of the most important questions I think for the podcast. What does the future of freestyle session look like for you? Is there an uh, end in sight? Or is there like a big change you want to make? How do you? I feel mean, about I would love to get like sponsors enough to just be able to do full on crew tour like all over the world. Yeah, and fly everybody out to the finals out here. Right, and do like a crazy big prize that would actually be healthy enough of a prize to where like a 10-man crew all be paid, like, a dope amount. Right, know? right. So, like, I would like to get to that point. You know what I mean? Like, if not, then even if we could do it as a three-on-three three or a five-on-five, five, I'm cool with that, too. Um, I want to get back to some hip-hop shit. I want to be able to, like, get, like, new artists. I want to be able to get a big enough crowd and be able to charge enough to where we could get, like, a dope artist. It's just we don't generate enough income to, like, be able to get dope artists. You know? Right. Yeah, dope artists are just expensive. So are dope DJs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, everyone's got and luckily, that price. I, luckily, I have relationships where I could get like some people for a lot less than normal. Right. You know, so so we've been able to facilitate like having like crazy pioneers and and, and dope talent. Um, you had still, taboo like, at the last one, huh? You had taboo at the last one. Yeah, and he did off like he did it on the strength. He was like, "Yo, for you, I." I got you. Damn. Like, that's I mean, my, my partner is like the manager of the Black Eyed Peas. Right, right. But like, <laughs> so like, yeah, and, and that just goes along the line of just, you know, just aligning yourself with a lot of, you know, key people, you know, people that could, movers and shakers, people that could do shit. Right, yeah. Get shit done, you know. It's, yeah. uh, it's a rare breed these days, yeah. I think, to find people like that, but it's important. Well, I, th- I think a lot of people just want to do everything on their own, which um, I feel like hip hop has always been something where it's like a, a community driven thing so it's like you got you want everybody to play their part you know? right and if your part is just to participate in the jam and go be there then don't be the outcast and be mad that you weren't invited or something like right. just go man like you're you're more than welcome you know yeah it's like, open to everybody yeah. that's the point of a jam it's, it's, you know it's there, bringing man. people like, together like dude like i've gotten like most of my overseas gigs from being overseas and being at a jam and not working and They're connecting like, well, like yo we need to connect like i want to bring you to my jam like i do a jam too i was inspired by your jam and i was like right, oh, word, like, let's make some happen you know? you've like, inspired hella jams so, probably i mean i hope bro you, you inspired <laughs> me to start doing jams because like i was one of those b-boys back in the day i was like dude like this jam sucks like it's running late and i was like you know I'll what do my own jam. right yeah was, <laughs> that, that's how it started like man what if I just threw my own jam? Yeah. And then I realized, like, it's a struggle. That's how it starts, though. And yeah. Then, and then you realize that all that shit that people were talking about, like, oh, promoters are just making money. Like, you're like, nah, Not at lost all. money at my shit. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, bro. I make it clear from the jump. Like, it comes, it, sometimes it comes out of your pocket and yeah. you don't account for everything. Venues cost money. DJs yeah. cost money. Like, dude, my first couple jams, like, I worked my part time job, like, as I was like a waiter. I just saved money, threw it aside, and saved all year to be able to do the jam. Yep. And if like, and if I made my money back, it was a win because like all that money is saved up, I got to keep it. Right. You know, <laughs> and I was good. Like breaking even was like like oh, that's I a big deal, good, bro. You know? like, Honestly, yeah. a lot of people don't understand that, <laughs> but it's hard to break even at jams because sometimes you don't understand like if the turnout is going to be good. 
Like, if there's going to be other jams that day. Just imagine, like, most of the jams that we sponsor via, like, the tour. Mm -hmm. We're sponsoring them, and that money is helping them just break even. Right. You know? Like, nobody's running away with bank. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's like, retiring because yeah, they no throw one Yeah, no one's throwing jams to make <laughs> hella money. Trust me. <laughs> but it's for the scene. It's for the community. And, and it's, I think... Yeah, I mean, I mean, even some people, like... Some people, I could just tell that they're, like, overreaching. And, like, sometimes I have to tell people, like, yo, you know you don't have to do the jam, right? Right. Like, if, if, it's, if it's uncomfortable for you, like, money-wise, don't do it. Because you're going to put yourself in a predicament that only you could dig yourself out of right you're gonna blame everybody that's there for not showing showing up up or whatever that it's their their fault when it's really it's your fault because you put yourself in that position yeah i mean so like so like really i mean for me i've always said like we've we've got to a point where we have too many jams now yeah so so we kind of have to chill like that's very true i mean there's a jam every weekend do practice like (laughs) because some of these jams look like freaking like just small practices even yes you know, like I mean, you, you know, every jam has levels. There's local jams, you know, and I think those are important. They're because, all needed. I mean, yeah. that's the breeding ground. Like I've been told, like I, there was like a conversation about judging, and I was like, um, the the judge, the judge, judges need to just start judging. So they need to start with the, the local level. Like yep. even if you've been in the game for like 20 years and you like got this international name. Like a local jam isn't beneath you. Like right. you should be, honestly for me, like local jams, like you should just be doing those for GP. Like unless you're like have to take off of work or something, then right. maybe ask for like, yo, you know what? I would be making hundred fifty bucks at work today, but I'm gonna take off. Like, can I just get that? Like yeah. cool. Okay, cool. Yep. If I could do that, then we're good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. but like a lot of people like they actually like have to make money at off of breaking because that's the only thing that they could do is like bro you put yourself in a fucked up situation right. and you know? i mean it's not fair to promoters either you know because like they gotta they gotta have a budget too oh, some people yeah. ask for a lot of money and i, I mean i've been there yeah. i've been there and it, it's it happens you know but like you said you're digging yourself in your own hole yeah for for, for me like local jams is like you know for baseball there's like double a triple a right yep. like that's that's that level but even if you're like a major league player you should still be able to go to like these small jams yep. and 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 Practice your craft of watching people break. NBA players play at the rack. NBA yeah. players play at the park. Yeah. Like it's not beneath yeah. them. So like, like like even back in the day, like Kobe went to the Rucker and yep. like balled with like yeah. all the Rucker cats. You know, like so. no, no, no. You you make yeah. a good point, and um, hopefully, like people out there get the right idea about jams, and, yeah. and you know, it's not just the cost financially, but yeah. it takes a lot of time and energy. Yeah. Like, some jams, I feel like you can tell that they're put together super last minute. But there's some jams that, like, people think about for a long time, and they put, like, care into that. Well, you 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 could tell, like, I mean, I could tell a lot, like, almost, like, 75% of the time, I could just look at the flyer and be like, okay, yeah, they put a little bit of time into it. Right. You know? Right. Like, some jams, they don't have a flyer. They're just like... Yeah, yo, I'm throwing a jam. Like, yeah, dude. They just do uh, Instagram posts. Or or Facebook event. Facebook event, and just, like litter everybody's board and shit <laughs> oh man dude you, and then like uh, there's just you could go on and on yeah. about jams but um just so we can like start bringing it back and yeah. start closing up you're someone that's had a lot of experience you're someone that's been carrying the scene for a while and you've, you've contributed to a lot of important projects mm-hmm. so for someone that's in the scene now and that's looking to become someone that starts something new or someone mm-hmm. that brings something new to the table what would be one piece of advice that you could give them um whether they want to start a new jam, a brand, you know, I think, a media outlet. I think uh, 
I think people need to reach out to like the older generation and people that are doing it now and, and like learning straight from the source. Right. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with just doing it on your own, mm-hmm. but like you could really bypass a lot of bullshit. Like, right. like, like if, I, I've seen people like kind of crash and burn because they, they kind of wanted to do everything on their own instead of just like, like asking somebody like me or asking somebody else that's been doing stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Cause they're just like refuse to like, get any kind of like mentoring or anything like yep, anti-establishment like, you know, and, and i've seen i've seen some people like you know they'll give somebody a little bit of piece of information and they're just like oh yeah i was their teacher like no nah, it's like <laughs> i mean i always stay away from people like that but right, like, right. You know, like 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 you know I, I feel like people just need to like help each other out like i feel like before you actually become a promoter you should help a promoter you right. should you should see the inner workings of a jam see what it is before you actually do it. Like for me, like like I said, I've helped my friend do an event and I seen the inner workings. I was like, dude, I could do this, you right. know? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and honestly, the person that I helped, they helped me doing my jam, you know? So like, it's, it's kind of like, like I said, it's a community thing and like, and, and the more people you work with, the more your circle gets bigger and the more That's people that actually come to your event eventually, right. like, you yeah. know? So. It never hurts to know people. And yeah. I think I think you made a good point. Like a lot of people just want to start out and just, just go. Yeah without having a good strong foundation yeah, to keep we, them up we, we live in a generation like we're literally like anybody is within like a twitter like post that's or, like, true a, email i reached or, out to you, you know? through instagram yeah, yeah. And, and it was just like, like that and you know some people there's a lot of people that are just don't are real bad at it like they won't answer but like fuck it you know at least you try it you know what I mean? right yeah it's good to, like, shooting your shot never or, or, or even or even being at a jam i mean there's there's mad people like always at a jam just you know, busting and you like cipher with cats, and then afterwards be like, "Yo, that was dope." Yeah, you just go you up know, to him and talk to him. You know, yeah, it just take. I mean, dude, we're all in it for the same reasons, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, there's already that common commonality with anybody at a jam. Like, you're at a jam because you like breaking or you like hip hop. Yep. So like, that's always been like the easiest networking thing, you know. I mean, face to face is timeless, dude. Yeah. I, like, like how I like at Freestyle Session three, I invited Storm, and Storm had never been to to the West Coast, yeah. and like I had met him in Japan, and like, dude, I was fanning out. Like internally, I was just like, fuck, it's fucking Storm, dude, like, you know. <laughs> but it's like, I just went up to him. I was like, yo, thank you. Like you inspired me back in the day, and like he's like, oh, where are you from? I'm like I'm from San Diego. So oh, you know, Easy Rock. I'm like yeah, that's, that's the home, you know, blah blah blah. And then we just like chopped it up. Yeah, that's how it is. Exchanged phone numbers and like I called him. and was like, yo, you want to come to San Diego? He's like, oh man, I would love it. And I'm like all right. He came, stayed at my house, brought his wife at the time. Damn. Mom's mom's fed him sushi and like he was <laughs> loving it. You know what I mean? Like and we and we we've been friends to this day. You know what I mean? Like but that's that's what it's about, man. Like creating connections. Even even be able to like, dude. I back in the day, like my first time in New York, like. We went out there and we just like we didn't even know where we we're gonna stay. We we're just like, dude, we'll find somebody. On to some stay last at. minute shit. And guess who we stayed with? We stayed with like KML. And Damn. like and then we, we built with him and like he like let us pick, stay at his crib and like you know what I mean? Like like dude, it's all just taking a leap of faith and just being yeah. able to just like, you know, start. No, you gotta say something, look like, closed mouths don't get fed, you know. Yo, like, you, gotta, yes. you gotta say your piece, like, you know. I mean, shooting your shot never hurts, honestly. <laughs> Basically. I, and I think very few people are, like, assholes enough to be like, no, nah, I don't, don't want to, like, talk to you or anything. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen some people do that. Damn. But, yeah, it's few and far between. I yeah, think. yeah, you no. Know, and and I think if anybody could take anything away, it's yeah. just, like, you know, get started, but start with a strong foundation. Yeah. Connect, bro. Yeah. Like, don't make, don't be your, don't be an outlier. You yeah. said it before. Yeah. 
All right, so as we close up here, I always like to give people the opportunity to plug anything that's going on. You're cross one, man. You've probably got a lot of shit to <laughs> plug. Too much shit. <laughs> so, no, go, go ahead and, and uh, let people know where they can find you, no. what you got coming up. Uh, yeah, I mean, social media at, at IAMCRS1. So I had to get a different Instagram. So everybody that assumes that they're following me still, like they probably aren't. So it's right. at IAMCRSONE okay. on Instagram now. All spelled out? Yeah, because I. I had some shit happen like two years ago where somebody copy struck like flyers for like years to where until my account just got blew up. Damn. Like cross one with the one? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> my Twitter is actually cross one with the one. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then, yeah. Damn. People are ruthless. Yeah, my cash app is the same. No, <laughs> my PayPal is the same. No, well, yeah, Facebook, you know, I mean, my government, you could get, I mean, it's just, you could find me cross one. It's everywhere. It's hard to not find cross <laughs> freestyle, one. Freestylesession.com is my uh, my online store. It's crazy because, like, um, I I do, a, I've been doing an online store for, like, 20 years, but people are still, like, they don't really put two and two together. Wow. They don't know. <laughs> That's, <laughs> like, the, the first rule of the internet. Everything's got a website. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tell people, like, dude, like, it's so easy. The internet is so easy to navigate. You have a question, you literally just type the question into Google and <laughs> right. you can find out what it is. You seconds, I mean? like, 30 seconds. Or, or even, like, an event, freestylesession.com. Boom, you've got all the info. <laughs> right, no, dude, people, oh, man. They yeah. want things handed to them, yeah. for sure. But, yeah, I mean, I DJ around town. I have a first Friday. Actually, tonight is uh, Bar Pink. Um, first oh, Saturdays, yeah, yeah. first Saturdays at El Dorado, uh, we do Wu Tang and West Coast Wednesdays at El Dorado, and then once in a blue moon I'll DJ at Booty Basement at Whistle Stop, oh, yeah. and then uh, <laughs> oh, and then I'll DJ out once in a while, and then yeah, and then I've been invited out to Booty Basement a few times. Yeah. Never been, never been. You recommend it? Line is crazy. It's line, like, down I the heard. Street. I yeah. heard. You recommend yeah. it? Yeah, that shit's crappy. All right, well. It's been going on for like 15 years. Right, yeah. I mean, I just, I turned 21 three years ago, <laughs> yeah. but then like, people have been telling me like, no, that's, that part is crazy. It's crazy because it's not even that big. It fits maybe 120 people. Right. But it's always like 120 it's people packed. in there. Yeah. <laughs> and probably 120 people outside. Right, trying to get in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so everybody listen to the podcast. This was, this yeah. was Cross One, We're episode up. 17. Yeah. Thanks for having he me. He dropped knowledge. He dropped history. Man, don't sleep on this it, one. It's crazy because like, it's called knowledge now. It's like, but it's like just life, man. Like right. that's why I say, that's why I say, like, uh, when you see somebody that you feel like you could ask, you want a, a question asked, just ask the question. You know what I mean? Like, I know for me, like, I tell people all the time, like, just I'm like an open book. Just, just ask. ask me. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've made mad mistakes, and I don't want other people making the same mistakes as me. So, yeah, if there's something to be had, I'll let you know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like. Straight just, up. Just ask. Yeah, you literally cutting you a bunch yeah. of work. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. Tune into the next one. We're going to have uh, another special guest. We're going to have Root. Oh, He's nice. coming on the podcast as well. Big All right, y'all. You know where to find Cross One. You know where to find us at BreakNG. And uh, see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.